Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Welsh Forest Focus. The Premier League relegation battles continuing to take shape with Crystal Palace dragged further into the battle to beat the drop with their defeat to Chelsea last night. So joining me today for this mini-podcast is Pete Blackburn as we take a look at how the next few weeks will change the picture for Nottingham Forest and the teams involved at the bottom. We'll also look at whether it's fair to expect the returning AFCON players to be conquering heroes straight away. So, uh, Pete, like I said earlier, thanks for bailing me out and giving me some company for today. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm OK, thanks, Matt. I think I'm still trying to get over Saturday, to be honest. That was a bit of a tough one to take, but um, yeah, I'm all right otherwise. How are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Where do you want to start? West Ham and whether it's must win or relegation battle? What do you want to kick off with? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, on West Ham, I guess the, the, the must win question one, I probably always give the same answer that it's not must win until it is must win um, when it becomes the case mathematically. But it does really start to feel like we need some points and pretty quickly, doesn't it? And I, I guess so much of what's going on hangs on this potential points deduction that just looms. I think. The first time I, I was back on the podcast, we talked about the the points deduction and what it was sort of the sort of role it was going to play um, in the rest of the season. And I, I was interested to see how that would play out because it's obviously not, not something we've experienced before. But it it really does feel like it's looming now, especially with struggles to get points on the board and another opportunity missed at the weekend. Um, so yeah, on that front, West Ham does suddenly start to feel like a a game where we really could do with a win. Um, I mean, it's it, it's fundamentally not must win because obviously if we lose, there's still plenty of plenty of time to to claw the situation back. But we really could do with a a boost, um, and we've had plenty of positives to take in terms of sort of attacking intent and such like in recent games and the way we can create chances and and all that sort of stuff. But we just need that full performance or at least the the, the full result where we get a clean sheet or only concede one for once and and can come away with something. So yeah, it does it does feel big. 
Uh, let me say a few good mornings to people who are joining us. Uh, as usual, people are speculating when we'd start. I think we're only about two minutes late. But uh, good morning, uh, New Dad Diary, Chris, Josh Stanley, Matt D, who is not me, uh, James S. Uh, thanks for your support the membership, James. Ross Murphy, Kev, uh, WXM, I guess that's Wrexham, I don't know. Chris, Paul uh, and Darren, morning to you all. Uh, someone tweeted me just before we started, Pete. I think it was uh, Ross. I'll find his name. Asking, do you think we need to go three five two? Yeah, Ross Perry Taylor. Um, Kelvin was tweeting about how we need to be tight at the back, but he wasn't advocating um, taking out a winger or anything like that. He just said it's more on the players. But do you see any merit in going a, a bit more defensive, which is kind of the Steve Cooper mould? Is that something you're still wary of avoiding or not? Yeah, it's interesting. It does does sort of feel. A bit like we've been here before, doesn't it? And that was that was sort of the approach we took last year to tighten things up. I think my instinct—I I, don't—I mean, I, I really don't feel sort of hugely confident in my own opinion about this. And if you know went either way, I wouldn't—I wouldn't have a problem with it. But my instinct, I think, is to hold on to our strengths um, and just try and tighten some of the other stuff up. It, it feels to me like we're in sort of perhaps a relatively rare situation for a team in our in our position that we definitely can create chances and we look like we're going to score most games or pretty much every game really and probably more than one on you know a lot of occasions you'd feel confident about that the threat from wide is is big Hudson Adoy is really growing into into things now um and I think we need that Gibbs White swagger in uh, in the 10 um I'd be loath to drop any of them really particularly while Arnie's fit and Alanga seems to be getting back to it um, and it's tough to play all those players while also having a five at the back. So, um, yeah, I think I, I think I'd stick with it. I think like, I mean Kelvin was really interesting on, on all this stuff. Um, it's great to hear former player talking about the way that defenders can perhaps just just be more aggressive or switch on to things a little bit more. It's, it's frustrating from the stands, isn't it? Because you you just feel like you're so. Um, at the sort of whims of the team when they can't defend set pieces like like we've been seeing recently, but it does it does feel when you're there that maybe it is a concentration thing. Maybe they can just be a bit sharper and attack the ball and some of those sort of intangible things that we probably shout about too much from the stands about desire and getting stuck in and that sort of stuff. But sometimes it does feel a bit like there is something to be said for that, um, and I think that maybe is where Forrester are at, at the moment. Um, so I would I would stick with it. I'd stick with the attacking promise that we've got and the potency, and just try try to tighten things up at the other end because it doesn't need an awful lot. I mean, it's a legit it's a legitimate way to to win football matches is to outscore the opposition, and we can do that if if we can just cut out some of the mistakes because some of them are, are pretty mad, really, and it does feel like they should be able to be be cut out. And uh, I think we're likely to talk about it later, but perhaps there's. Uh, there's some answers coming back into the squad to help to help with that as well. Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Uh, a few other good mornings. Keith is in Zanzibar. Is that Tanzania? You're better at geography than me, I bet, Pete. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely island, isn't it? I think some nice beaches. Okay, well, yeah, it's good to have people from all around the world. Uh, FPL Shorts, um, Jackie Howarth, Dr. Peg, Greg Oram, good to have you all with us. Uh, just quickly before we... Um, uh, change tack and then comment here from Jackie. Uh, FFP put a real dampen on the rest of our season. If we knew the punishment, at least we know what we have to aim for. It's quite depressing at the minute. I've, we've got, uh, I'll read through the table later, but 
if you knock off varying degrees of points for us, which we don't, which is entirely pointless at this stage, it does feel increasingly depressing, even if it's also irrelevant at the same time. Because, like Jackie says, we don't know the opinion. But what do you think about that kind of dark cloud over everything at the moment? Is there a lot in that? Do you think? Yeah, there is. I think that's sort of what I was getting at earlier. I can't disagree with Jackie at all, and I think that's part of what made me feel so low coming out of the game um, at the weekend. It just it does really feel like that dark cloud. Um, I think the not knowing is a big part of this, isn't it? You know, that's a, a, a sort of a general theme of anxiety in in the world, regardless of football, the, the sort of uncertainty. Um, but you know, any any level of points deduction at this point looks like it could be pretty painful for us. Um, so we sort of have to hope that that's not where <laughs> that's not where where things go. Um, but yeah, it is looming, and I think the uncertainty does make it so much more difficult because. We know that regardless of the points deduction, we've got we've got to pick up some results pretty quickly um, because things are getting very close. But with the points deduction, it really throws everything open. I mean, I think we've all been saying for weeks now. Um, there's a couple of teams at the bottom of the Premier League who are who are long gone. But you know, you, you sling a couple of ten point deductions in there for us and Everton, and suddenly it doesn't quite seem seem that way, which is pretty terrifying, really. So yeah, um, totally agree with Jackie. It's it's looming, and I'm certainly feeling it a bit at the moment. Uh, who else we say hello to? Uh, Baron von Farren. We have to read some of these names uh, diligently. Would you say our usual for lineup is four two four or four three three? I'd say four two three one, but I do think we need a midfielder who breaks. I read this out because I was going to say I think we need a midfielder who breaks beyond and adds an extra bit of support. Um, whether it's, I suppose it needs to be Nico Dominguez. Perhaps we need to get him a bit higher up the pitch. I think uh, Zanzibar is indeed an island of Tanzania. It's good to be educated in uh, a morning as well. Right. Uh, let's. Uh, oh yeah. Someone says whack a whack of the like. Yeah. Do us a favour and hit like as well if you uh, help us out uh, and hit subscribe if you haven't already and you like what we do. Uh, let's have a quick word for our sponsors, the Trent Navigation. Um, supporting us as ever. Uh, pop down to Trent Nav on Saturday ahead of Forest v West Ham. As ever, open from 10am for breakfast, cascales, barbecue in the food in the food court, uh, an additional outdoor bar, so you've got two bars inside and out. Then you can watch uh, Brentford v Liverpool at 12.30, Man City v Chelsea at 5.30, all on the big screen indoors now, either side of the Forest game. And I should I'll put a quick graphic up. As ever, uh, it's Tuesday today. I don't have a Tuesday graphic. That's not very good. Wednesday is curry night, uh, £8.50 for a wide array of curries at the Trent Navigation on Meadow Lane. Right, Pete, let's change the tack and talk about um, the relegation battle, how it's shaping up. I've got the fixtures and I'll put those up shortly. But just so people who haven't checked the table recently are aware, it kind of goes, I think we'll put Palace in it now after watching them play a pretty average Chelsea team last night and being beaten 3-1. Palace played 24-24 points. Then Forrest in 16th uh, played 24-21. Luton played 23, so a game in hand, 20. Everton, 24-19. And then Burnley and Sheffield United, both 24 and 13. So I'm going to put the fixtures up now, and I have to do it by changing all the backgrounds and stuff. So uh, bear with me one second. Right, it goes like this, and then it should go like this. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Slick as ever. <laughs> right. 
So uh, you can see here, we've got the next six games for each team. This might be ripped off from a certain website, so hopefully I get away with it. Uh, <laughs> a few people will recognise it. But it, it's got the fixtures of the next six games for each team. Uh, we can chat through it. It's graded by difficulty for some of it. I'm not sure it's all entirely accurate. But you look at it, Pete. I mean, we'll start with us, obviously. How are you feeling about these next six games? And does West Ham... Can you see why it's got that emphasis on it with Villa away, Liverpool home, Brighton away to come before a couple of very big games against Luton and Crystal Palace? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, <clears throat> I can. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right to point out that there's a couple of games at the end there that suddenly start to start to feel pretty um, pretty significant. But I, I think looking at that, you, you, they're obviously screaming out in red, those Aston Villa and Liverpool games, which um, helps bring them to attention. And that is a that is a tough next few fixtures. The only thing I would say is that this is sort of an easy point, really, but it does feel like Forest don't really um, sort of fall into this sort of easy categorization of the games we're going to play against and, and sort of thinking like, oh, we're, you know, they're a very good side, we're going to struggle there. It does, it does sort of feel like we tend to raise our game in uh, against some of the, the most difficult teams. I mean, we've certainly seen that, saw that earlier on in Nuno's reign. And I think you could make a case that we saw that on, on Saturday as well. I mean, not to go back to it too much, but if you can cut out a couple of those really sort of mad moments... We've we've properly taken the game to a team who you would say are a better side than us or more established and higher up the league and all that sort of stuff. And we've looked looked much the better attacking threat for most of the game. I think the stats bear that out. Um, so I, I totally think that we can take the game to to good teams. And you see with Aston Villa as well. I mean they they play such an extreme um, style of football with such a high line that teams can get at them and they do have sort of the odd mad result. Um, and we're sort of set up to be one of those teams, I think. We've, we've certainly if we stick to the way that we're playing now, um, Tywo and the two wide men with a, with, with uh, Gibbs White drifting between the lines and, and feeding them is a real good opportunity to get behind that defence and and have some uh, have some joy. I think. So when I look at the fixtures, it doesn't actually concern me desperately for, from a Forest point of view because I'm not more I'm not desperately more confident that we can go to Luton and get a result than I am about us going to Villa. To be honest. Um, yeah. that's sort of how I feel about Forest at the moment feels to me like 
a lot of this is is just on us. We're a team that's got the quality um, to to beat a lot of these teams on our on our day, and we just really need to cut out some of the some of the mistakes at the back. So I think there's a there's a set of six fixtures there where I can see us getting points um, if we can just make a few little tweaks, and hopefully the the, the boys coming back from Afcon will help with that. I put Luton, uh, so I put Sheffield United and Burnley on here. Um, but do you think that there's too much for them to do? I think they're, they're like on 13 points without any kind of threat of a deduction. They're obviously lacking in in quality. But Sheffield United, they did beat Luton last time out. I mean, would you give any either of those teams any hope, or is it too far gone for them? Like, I I wouldn't rule it out because I I just I mean, there's no benefit to making these sort of sweeping statements anyway, is there? And I mean, we all. We all do it in football, and often we end up getting bitten on the ass. Um, I mean, you look at the table, and you would think that is an awful long way for them to come back. But as I said earlier, you, you add ten point deductions again to Forest and Everton, which I'm hopeful that we won't get. Um, but it does change the picture pretty quickly, and you only need a couple of results for those um, those generalisations to be proven nonsense. So I, I think everyone's in the battle at the moment, and even if. Um, even if it does prove to be the case that it's just too much for them, there's a lot of games where uh, we're going to need we're going to need performances from them. And I think if they're still just about in the battle, then hopefully they can have a, a positive influence um, for us. Yeah, that's a good point. Like Burnley going to Palace and stuff like that. Well, yeah, get a draw there, get something there. That's true. Um, Palace on paper have got a pretty decent run now. I don't know if you've seen much of them recently. They're absolutely bereft of their, you know, their best players. As a Elise, um, the central midfielder, is it Decore, the central midfielder? Mm-hmm. Mark Gay, he's out as well. Their fans are pretty. I think they want Roy Hodgson gone. Would be the consensus, but he's fighting on. Uh, are they the team that you think they're the ones we could really target and reel in? I think on paper they should be. Um, the fixtures look relatively kind for them, possibly the nicest out of the lot. But away from the fixtures, as you've neatly summed up, the spine of their team is has been absolutely torn out. Um, and things are obviously not going particularly well off the pitch. There's discontent in the fan base. And, I mean, we've sort of generally seen, I don't know if I'm, this is a generalisation from me, but I sort of generally think of the, those Palace fans as being like really quite incredibly supportive as, as football fans go and constantly making noise, even through some sort of relatively... Um, stuffy, stuffy teams over the last few years, and sort of mid-table finishes and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they're an interesting, they're an interesting side, and I think the club is running in such a, a tight way that when you look at a Palace team over the last few years, they've always got sort of six, seven, eight really, really good starting eleven players that I think most clubs in the Premier League would be delighted to have. I think you see that now with both the centre backs with Decore he mentioned, obviously with those attacking players um, as a and Elise. Particularly Mitchell at left back, perhaps. Um, but then around that, there are a lot of players that I, I don't think you'd be particularly keen to even have in our squad, to be honest. Um, perhaps that says something about our recruitment. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I, I think they're always vulnerable to this sort of situation because you lose three or four of those seven or eight good players and you're, you're in trouble. Um, so I think Rafik's just said in the comments the Palace depth is poor. Yeah, I, I think Palace depth is beyond poor, actually, because. I think even the even the first eleven is pretty mixed, aside from those really that really good spine. So yeah, as you say, that spine's gone. Um, I think it leaves them bang in trouble. Um, if you add in the sort of discontent off the pitch, I get this sense from Hodgson that he's pretty irritable. He's um, he's like me hungover. I'd say he just seems 
like he's sniping to to reporters and doesn't seem like he's desperately pleased with how things are going, of course, in particular with the fans. So I think you mix all those things together and I, I'd be I'd be sort of quite worried if I was a Palace fan. If they can get the players back, maybe they'll be okay. They've got the experience of Hodgson if they stick with it and perhaps that'll be a, an asset for them. But I think they definitely can be can be dragged back in. Um and regardless of those of those fixtures, I, I'm certainly hoping that'll be the case. Yes, and by the time, as Greg Orm says in the comments, by the time we play them, it might be Steve Cooper in in charge of them. Uh, mm. I think that's the back end of March, is it? I'm not sure. It's the yeah, our sixth game of this sequence. Um, uh, John says I should have included Brentford in the list as well. Yeah, I, I think they're a point further ahead. I just think with Ivan Tony, I think they'll probably be all right, um, and they'll get um, Brian and Bumo back and stuff like that. But they they could get dragged in. But I feel at this stage it's these uh six teams that are probably fighting it out. Luton are interesting, I think, Pete, because they've they play they've got a game in hand in this sequence. Um they've got a real old mixed bag of fixtures. I mean, Spurs away, Liverpool away, uh United at home's a winnable game, I guess. But they've got away games at Palace and Bournemouth, and they've got that home game against us. If you're a Luton fan, you're probably looking at these games and thinking, right, this could really shape how the, the the whole season goes for us from here yeah definitely i mean i think the the joy of being a, a luton fan in this situation is that there, there aren't any expectations are there so you can look at those games and just think about them as opportunities whereas for us we've done with this is our second season in the premier league there's been a general sense that we shouldn't really be down here um given the sort of squad available and and such like and it, you don't look at those games as opportunities in the same way. You look at them with fear um, as a as a fan, um, and you worry about what might happen and, and whether you can come out with the with the points. But for Luton, it is all opportunity. Um, I mean, I, I'll make no secret. I, I really admire the way that that they've done things. Um, they've obviously been really really well run for a, a number of years now. I think Gary Sweet's done an incredible job there, and you see how little change there is when when they go through uh, different managers. And I think that says it all about the way that things were operated there. Uh, I think the recruitment's been excellent. You know, if they go down there, they go down with top-end championship players who are young and hungry and have had a bit of Premier League experience and will want to go again. Uh, they're not going to be in trouble with the wage bill and all that sort of stuff. Um, imminently, I wouldn't have thought. And they're investing in infrastructure as well with the Premier League money, which is absolutely ideal um, way to do things, I think. Um Having said all of that, I do think that the likelihood is um, that Luton probably regressed to the mean and to back back to what they really are quality-wise, rather than that they can keep things up or even push harder. Because if there's no if the point deductions are minimal, they're still going to have to go some to um, to pip us and the other teams uh, or, or all the other teams um, uh, away from the relegation zone. So they're, they're going to have to get a fair few points. I mean, I, I guess there's a lot riding on that for this podcast with the the Fletch temps bet. Um, so maybe that's more exciting than the relegation battle itself, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I, my my instinct with Luton is that they've done brilliantly. And I think they'll continue to to do pretty well. And, you know, going down is really no, no embarrassment for them whatsoever. Um, but I do think they're more likely to regress to the mean. And hopefully... No significant points deductions for for ourselves will will mean that they don't get that sort of extra bit of encouragement that they might get. Um, but I mean, it's it's seriously tight, and like we say, there are there are opportunities for points for them there. And if they get a couple, uh, well, a win or two before they before they have us in that uh, fifth game, 
I'll be I'll be feeling pretty stressed. I think. Uh, James makes a good point in the comments that that game against us might actually end up being um, postponed uh, because, obviously, as he says, at this stage we're both in the cup. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if if Luton lose to Man City and we lose to Man United, it will go ahead. But if um, either Luton spring a shock or we beat Man United, which I guess will still be considered a surprise, um, then yeah, that game will get uh, postponed and be pushed back to later in the season for a midweek game, I guess. Uh, I mean, Man United, is, Luton have got Man United next. They're actually improving a little bit. They played quite well against Villa, I thought, at the weekends. They look a bit more like they've got a plan. So that, that bodes quite well as well. Just lastly, Everton, Pete, um, they seem to have hit a bit of a rut, but you look at them and they're still very organised, very disciplined. You know what the tactical plan is, but they don't they don't have a huge amount of goals in them. I mean, subject to points deductions been, you know, uh, reduce for them or further points reductions just taking them as a football team what do you make of them yeah it's so hard to do that isn't it because there's so much looming and you just don't know what the impacts of these things are going to be and obviously they've got the other battle going on which is the first points deduction and whether they get some of that back or whether they you know the, what sort of level of appeal is successful or it isn't and all that sort of stuff and I just don't know what the psychological impacts of all this stuff might be I think it'd be fascinating to have some of the former former players speak about that in a little bit more depth maybe um away from that stuff i mean i haven't watched the, an awful lot of everton recently um but i mean it seemed it seemed when they were having that good run that they'd found a bit of an attacking formula with Deitch where it wasn't quite the same as his burnley teams there was a lot more threat from out wide um i, I felt like there was a, a much more intent about them and sort of a real um, desire to take the game to the opposition, which I thought was quite admirable, really, and not really what I'd expected from them. Um, but it does seem like they've just gone a bit flat, doesn't it? Um, so I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure where they will end up. I mean, the big the big thing for me is when I look at their their team. There are, there are players in there that I think if we just had those guys in our situation, maybe things would be a lot less worrying. You know, if you stick Anana and Tarkovsky in our first 11, I think I'd be feeling an awful lot more confident about our, our ability to attack set pieces, to um, to win the ball um, in midfield and be a bit more secure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I do sort of envy a couple of those um, a couple of those players they've got. And I guess people will generally say a lot might hang on whether Dominic Calvert-Lewin finds a bit of a bit of form or not. Obviously, Rafik's just mentioned that in the comments. Um, I think maybe you know if if he finds one of those runs of form that he's had in the past, then that could absolutely um, absolutely kill the opposition. But at the moment, it doesn't seem doesn't seem to be the case. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've no idea what to make of Everton really, to be honest. And you know, it's going to be interesting seeing some of these some of these fixtures play out because there's so many so many big games lying ahead in each of these paths for the team, uh, for each team. And I know no idea what to make of any of them. Mm. They do have good players. I mean, we don't know how good Matt Sells is, but Jordan Pickford is a, a good goalkeeper, you know, to, yeah. to have in that relegation battle. So, yeah, I, I think they're, I feel like it might end up being between maybe us and Luton. I mean, if we find form uh, and the point deduction isn't too bad, then I think we'll, We'll be all right. I mean, we sound like a broken record, but if we fix this set piece Achilles heel, then there's quite a lot to like about our team. But um, we've got those those killer issues, certainly. Right, we'll come away from that and we'll just talk about the AFCON players. So uh, I'm going to make a bit of a mess of this because I never do things quite right. Let's see if that works. 
There we go. Back to the normal background. Um, the other topic I wanted to hit on uh, briefly in the last 10 or 15 minutes was just around the returning AFCON players. Uh, I don't know if that actually if Olerain is actually back yet, but the uh, Ivory Coast boys, I assume, hung around for the big celebrations back in their homeland yesterday. So if they fly back today, probably have a recovery day, a bit of a debrief on Wednesday, uh, or maybe they train, but they might only have one full training session on Thursday before the game. Is it quite a lot to ask of them to come straight back in, or should we expect highly paid, highly valued professional footballers to be able to, to fit in seamlessly no matter what? I really don't know the answer to that question. I, I mean, I certainly don't. I'm not I'm not desperately convinced that sort of the highly paid side of it really comes into anything. I think um, what's reassuring, I guess, is that both Sangare and Bolly have played bits of football, but haven't been sort of run into the ground during this this period. So you'd think that they'd both be pretty fresh, but but also relatively sharp because they've they've had to play and been been relied upon at different moments in the tournament. Um, so I'd be hopeful that they could come back in pretty quickly. Um, it's not an incredible amount of travelling, so hopefully they shouldn't be too affected by uh, by that. I mean, it might be more the case that, that the sort of length of the celebrations and um, such so like might might you know might have sort of tied them out a bit. I guess I don't know how how long they've been um, celebrating for. But no, I think um, I think I'd be sort of relatively confident about them both 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 those guys coming back in. Um, also, I, I think realistically they've they've both played a fair bit of football for um, for the club now. I mean, obviously Sangare has been much more much more in and out and a bit more hit and miss. But you know, Bolly's pretty established at, at Forest, and I wouldn't feel particularly concerned about him slotting back in to play next to Murillo. He's done it before. Um, I think he knows the side pretty well. He obviously knows. Nuno very well so you'd think that's an advantage in terms of carrying out whatever instructions he, he's giving um, and the sort of relationship between those two um, so I think it's a hard question to answer because I don't know the conditioning of the players I don't know how important Nuno feels that it is that they get time uh, on the training pitch together to work on the things that they're working on um, but you might argue that the work that's going on on the training pitch, particularly in defensive areas, doesn't seem to be yielding much success at the moment, and perhaps the change will be as good as anything. Um, so, I'd be, I'd be inclined to get them both back in the side if if it's if it's a reasonable thing to do, because I think they both make a difference in a couple of key areas. Or I, I'd be hopeful that they make a difference in a couple of key areas. I think Temps made a good point about um, Sangari on the pod yesterday that we you know we're hanging an awful lot on his return. Uh, because I think we all have a vision of what we hope he can be. The truth is we haven't really seen it, um, which is what Tam said. I think there have been moments where I've seen Sangari win balls that I don't think anyone else on the pitch, certainly for us, would have been able to do. And he's got this ability to hang on to it and then find the pass because he's got like a supreme uh, combination of sort of technical and physical pro- prowess. But it has been really, really fleeting, and I'm probably properly sort of grasping at uh, moments there. But there's a big hope that that's an upgrade um, to the team. And now we're playing much better in other ways. Hopefully he can slot in and and make a difference there, probably playing against uh, alongside Dominguez, I, I guess. And I think Bolly's the big one for me. I think if, he, if we can get him back in the team, I would do. I, I totally get that there'll probably be people saying, you know, players are out of the team are, are always better in, in the eyes of fans and that sort of thing. And I've not, I'm, you know, in... in to be truthful, I haven't exactly been sort of demanding Bolly's um, appearance in the team when we've had everyone fit 
Um, so it probably applies to me as well. But if you see the problems we've got and, you know, the way Kelvin talked about them yesterday, it just feels like there's an easy partial answer to slot Bolly back in there, attack that ball, really try and galvanise the defence, get people on their toes, make sure we're not just waiting for it, as as um, as Kelvin mentioned. And I, I think that could make a difference. I think Greg makes a good point there. So the Sangari stuff is totally hopeful. Um, but, you know, what else have we got if not hope, I guess? So I'd probably slot them both back in if mm. possible. Um, on Ina, I've, I'd be less desperate to because I think we've got fullbacks who can do a job and three changes starts to be quite a lot. But he's he's in my best Forest eleven. So if he's fit and well and Nuno thinks the squad can handle it and that they've got time to prepare, then he goes in as well for me. Yeah, uh, people asking the comments about why Bolly didn't play in the final. I don't know. I don't think he was banned. Um, he I um, nothing about an injury. He gets kicked in lot, the face or something. Yeah, there were a load of pictures of him with a sort of black eye and some <coughs> uh, some dressing there. So I don't know whether that's perhaps what what happened. Um, I've not seen anything else. No, so we just wait on that one, I think. And Sangare, um, I don't know because he was dropped from the team for. Uh, Sari, uh, the Fulham, um, sorry, ex-Fulham midfielder oh. uh, who plays for Hull. Um, but I don't know if that was because he got a, you know, he got that leg breaker tackle from Mane that uh, injured him. So I don't know how much of that was tactical and how much of that was injury. So we have to wait and see on that as well. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure. I think it should be Sangari and Dominguez long term. I'm not sure they play together as a two. There's no. so much in our team where there's just this lack of consistency around pairings and uh, systems and it it's all quite off the cuff and I'm not blaming Cooper or Nuno or anyone for it. we've had loads of injuries uh, we've had lots of changes and stuff but we don't have that settled consistent team that other sides have and I think in the longer term hopefully that settles down uh, and get through this season and try and build those bonds a bit more I mean if Aina does come back in does he come in at right back or left back for you? Well, it'd probably be no surprise to anyone who's seen me speak about this before that I, I'm very much in the sort of Nico Williams is a um, a player that we should be investing in and trying to trying to grow. So he st- stays in the team at right back for me, and Aina probably comes in at left back. It's not an ideal long term solution because I do think it's far preferable to have um, players on their natural foot at fullback, um, especially given we might want to get the ball. Uh, out into the channel pretty quickly and that sort of thing, and it just does feel like it slows slows your play down and cuts the cuts the options off. But Ain is pretty two footed um, from what I've seen. I think he's probably the best of the one on one defenders at fullback, um, and he does add a sort of element of dynamism and that ability to carry the ball and such like going forward that you get from a player like Tavares. Um, but you, I think you you don't get quite the same sort of level of um, craziness that you get with Tavares. I mean you certainly you don't get the you don't get the peak abilities of Tavares in in either sense, which you know is a shame going forward, but I just don't know whether he you know I just I don't feel like I can really trust him. Um you saw you saw the sort of the best and the worst of him against Newcastle, I guess. Um mm. and the best is the best is great, but the worst is a bit scary, especially when defensively you're a bit all over the place already. Yeah, I mean, a few people who watch more AFCON than me are pointing out that, you know, Olorena looked really tired. He got rinsed by uh, Adingra, I think it would be. And uh, I think he had a few rough moments in the tournament. So maybe he, he doesn't come back in. Um, yeah, just lastly, before we go, uh, Williams is an interesting player, isn't he? He does divide opinion. 
I think he's had a, a better season defensively. Uh, and his work as a right back last season is a, a bit of a millstone around his neck. I think he's done all right this season, to be fair, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think there are there are Nico Williams mistakes that you can pick up when we're analysing goals that go against us. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not claiming that he's a sort of messiah there or anything, but I think he's shown repeatedly now this, particularly this season, and and in in moments last season, you know, he was, when he was playing wing back at the start of last season, I thought he looked incredibly dangerous as well. But obviously, things just sort of fell apart for the wider team, and context is really important because you know when. When the team is struggling, you have to recognise that um, in the performance of individuals as well. But for me, Williams, he's a football player that we own, that we've paid a lot of money for, that I think has an awful lot of a lot of positives and a lot of strengths about his game. I think he clearly seems like a really good character. I think when he drives forward with the ball, he looks powerful and athletic and he looks like he can make a real difference. And the thing I like most about him, and people will say, all footballers should work hard, but the truth is that all footballers don't have the same work rate, um, is that his effort is absolutely outstanding. And it's not just how much he runs or his willingness to tackle or whatever, but he will put his body on the line every single game. He's an absolute terrier in the tackle. It just looks like his life depends on it when he plays football. And I really rate that about him. I think he's got a, a combination of that side of the game and quality. He can deliver the ball into the box as well as anyone in our in our squad, I'd say. Um, and I just think if you've got a player of his age and his potential calibre, you sh- you're a football club like Forest, you should be investing in them and you should be working with them to grow and to improve. And it looks like that's what's nu- what Nuno's decided to do. And I'm absolutely 100% behind that. Um, so I hope he stays in the team. I hope he gets a, a run through to the end of the season. And uh, I-, I think we all benefit if he does that because the talent is there, the the application is there. And... Um, He's a young defender. He's going to make mistakes, um, but I think the upside is big with with um, Nico Williams. Yeah, I think so. The only thing that uh, I like Montiel, well, not the only thing. Montiel's a decent player. He just has some bad moments, but he he's quite good at defending set pieces, uh, and he he does head the ball away quite well. Um, but overall, between the two, I think I agree with Pete. I wouldn't take Nico out of the team at the moment. I think he's. Uh, yeah, done a solid job in a team that's conceded a lot of goals. Someone said in the comments, you could pin goals on any of our defenders this season because we've conceded so many. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would retain Nico for, for the minute, certainly. Uh, we do have a second sponsor this episode. I'll try and do a better job of the plug for them than I did uh, last time a week ago. Uh, it was also uh, episode is also sponsored by Brood Backer, a local business owned by Red Season Ticket holder Danny Baker, so they are a noise consultancy, uh, and uh, a link to their website is in the description for the web- for this episode. You can see more about what they do. But if you're a business that's got any issues around uh, excess noise, health and safety, uh, stuff like that, then they're the people for you. And it's great to be uh, supported by uh, a red season ticket holder. So uh, yeah, back that business if you can. Right, uh, I think that just about covers everything I wanted to discuss. Pete, any other business before we go from you? Um, yeah, just one thing, a slight, a slight change of vibe for the podcast, so forgive me, but I just wanted to say um, a big get well soon to my favourite French bulldog, Howie Hodgkinson, who comes from a, a family of avid forest focus podcast listeners. Um, sadly, Howie was taken ill on the game, uh, on the morning of the Newcastle game, I think, um, so the, the lads couldn't come uh, and watch the game. 
and he's been struggling since. So I just wanted to, to wish him and the family all the very best. He's actually, is this a, this is a French bulldog? Yeah. This is a dog, yeah, no, not, it's a, not a mate of yours who's, who no, you call a bulldog or something. No, it is a dog of a mate of mine. Okay, that's all right. No, I just wanted to clarify. It's a, it's a, gen, it's a genuine message, yeah. Good, good. Uh, I've got another one uh, as well. Uh, hang on, I've got so much stuff in the, the images folder now. Right, um, <clears throat> Chris Botherway, who uh, used to work with Temps at Trent Bridge when they both had boy band haircuts, or certainly Temps did. See if I can dig a photo out from about 10 years ago. Uh, he lives in Sydney now, and um, there is a supporters convention for uh, fans down under. It's on Saturday, April 20th at 6pm. Uh, it's at the Pig and Whistle in uh, Riverside, Brisbane. If you need more info, because that graphic uh, is a little bit small for those who are watching, uh, the Nottingham Forest Sydney Supporters Group Facebook page has got more details. But if you live uh, in uh, that part of the world, and I know we have listeners dotted all over the planet, then uh, there's a good event for you to get down to in April. Uh, Nottingham Forest Supporters Convention down under. Right, uh, I think that's just about everything Pete, thanks to everyone who's watched along 160 people with us when you know it's pretty obvious we're not talking about too much of substance here this is uh uh just an episode to uh, look at the bigger picture around the relegation zone so good of you to be with us uh, quite early on a tuesday morning before i take my car for an mot which i hope doesn't uh absolutely slaughter my bank balance right pete thank you very much absolute pleasure thanks for having me you're a good man, like I say. Uh, I much prefer doing these videos with a friend than on my own. So very good of you as ever. Right, everyone, uh, good good of you to be with us. Back tomorrow with an interview. Uh, Thursday with uh, a match preview. Uh, Mark Southerns is on. He's got loads of interesting stats around uh, what's going wrong for us defensively. Uh, Friday, hopefully something with Forest women uh, and a member stream. And then Saturday, post-match uh, West Ham stream. So lots coming up as ever. Do join us for that if you can. In the meantime, have a good day and we shall see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.